Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. girl d scott and i am here and the show is called do you know what today is it's my anniversary and so obviously because i'm single there is no anniversary just of like deaths in my head um of relationships but today is actually my two-year anniversary of the show and i actually started out the show and it was called who the fuck d-a-f-u-q is um d scott but it was always stay in your lane with d scott and um i after a while, continued to, you know, be a little bit more moved by what was going on with the suicide of black men in America, with the suicide of black women. We lost a lot of um, people to suicide in 2015, actually. Not so much in 2016. Now it's death by, you know, cop. But, um, and I don't mean it in the you know, uh, criminal minds way, because death by cop means something else, but I mean people are dying at the hands of police officers. Uh, what, 21 people shot in Chicago in, in one weekend. So I wanted to do a show based on mental health because I think that it's still a stigma in the black community, which is actually where Tell the Truth Tuesday came from. The day that my original show started, um, my Manic Monday show, what I call it right now, which is where I talk about all my ratchetness. And it's very different than Tell the Truth Tuesday. Tell the Truth Tuesday is a little bit more um, honest, you know. But I think that a lot of you like listening to me talk rather than to call in and dare ask me something or say something. So for me, it's just a, an opportunity to be able to vent. And so ever since I started not so much venting, not ranting, because I used to be a ranter back in the day. I used to also run a page on Facebook called Good Women Who Still Believe That Good Men Exist. Clearly, I've since stopped that bullshit. Um, not that I don't think that they exist, but this is not Pokemon Go. I'm not looking for you. I'm not supposed to. You, you know, you're supposed to find me, but y'all don't, you know, it's just, it's different. And, you know, I get tired of and I got tired of people talking about black women being bitter. Just because I snap at you, that means I'm bitter. No, it means I'm fucking tired. You know, just because I tell you about yourself because your, your raggedy mama don't want to tell you because she think you the apple or I, you ain't the fucking apple, the great, the guinep, nothing of my eye at all. I don't even see you. You know, and I'm trying to raise a son that, you know, like I said before in, in Humans of New York uh, with Brandon Stanton, I'm trying to raise a thinking child. You know, so not everything I do is right. 
you know, but not everything I do is wrong. And, you know, it, it becomes very hard. And in 2016, there were some studies that came out that showed that black women were now starting to come forward saying that they're suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, that they're suffering from bouts of depression, but we're taught, you know, you got to be strong. You know, you got to go to work. You know, one thing about a black woman, I, look, I don't know about any, any other ethnicities or races because I've never been any of those, don't know them, have, haven't been, but I do know that a black woman will continue working. We will work until we make ourselves sick and fall out in the hospital. I've done it. My mother's done it. I've seen my grandmother do it. My grandmother worked for as long as she could. You know what I'm talking about? We talking about in her 60s and their 70s. You know what I'm saying? My grandfather, too. So. For me, that's not healthy. And what a lot of people don't understand is that post-traumatic stress disorder, again, we can go back to the history of it, really was something that came about after Vietnam. Well, my mother was in Vietnam. She's in the Navy. So um, a lot of people thought that, like, oh, you know, that's why you, you guys have to be really respectful of veterans because you don't know why the fuck they on the street corner talking to themselves. Veterans also make up a large population of our mentally ill and our homeless. There's a large percentage of homeless people that are mentally ill, and you can't get services and help if you don't have a damn address. You know, and so sometimes, and especially we see in the movie Concussion, you know, the brain is a fascinating thing. And, um, we saw in the movie Concussion that showed Will Smith and they were talking about the neurological disorders of people that play football. Anytime you mess with that frontal lobe, there's a situation. So what I want to, you know, explain to black women as well as black men is anytime there is a trauma, okay, you open yourself up to having post-traumatic stress disorder, meaning that little things can trigger that. Like, for example, when I started doing this show, I used to have panic attacks a couple times a year. I don't have them anymore because I don't give a fuck. I don't, you know what I'm saying, I don't bite my tongue. You know, I, I'm trying to learn this thing called silence. And it's and not that I'm being silent because I'm being stupid, but because I'm being silent because I'm deadly. I think that there is grace in being able to look at someone and not have to ask them who the fuck they're talking to. I think that there is grace in being able to have a little bit of experience to say, look, young lady, this, you know what I'm saying, what you're doing isn't going to pan out properly, I can tell you, because I've done it. I have no problem with that, you know, but... I learned on my show that not everything deserves my response because sometimes I just don't give a damn. And if I have to, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack, but it feels like you're having a goddamn heart attack, I would assume. Okay, it feels like you can feel every ventricle in your heart about to explode. You can't catch a breath. And I get the panic attacks where I'll, like, pass out. Like, we're talking about in the middle of Walmart. Like, I mean, it was bad. But because I don't you know, necessarily support psycho um, pharmaceuticals, and I'm off Prozac now, but I needed it, and that's another story. But the Tell the Truth Tuesday show, as well as it started on my Facebook account, which if you're not my friend in real life, you're probably not going to be on my Facebook. However, you can follow me on Instagram at miss.d.scott or on Twitter at dmsst93. So there was an organization called Psyched Up. Back in 2014, they did an article on me, the new face of, you know, PTSD and mentally ill and whatever, whatever. And like I said, it's the undiagnosed that is the problem. We just watched a black man snipe and kill five cops in Dallas, right? And the minute that they said black and sniper, if y'all follow me on Instagram, y'all know I was like, oh, no, he's military. Because those two words usually don't get used in the same sentence, okay? 
And it's not that he was diabolical. Can we address the fact that I, not that it's right at all? He was fucking wrong as hell. Like what? You know what I'm saying? However, if we're gonna address it in the white people, we have to address it in the black community as well. You know what I'm saying? You can't just sit there saying he's a star raving mad lunatic and y'all hadn't seen him at Veterans. And from what I understand, the Veterans Hospitals are shitty to our veterans that come back from war. They don't offer them the type of mental health support that they need. They don't offer them the therapy. And I'm going to tell you something else. A lot of the medication that they give them, they would much rather not take this shit because of the side effects. Now, Prozac, the only side effect that it had on me was I gained like 30 pounds in like the last six months, so clearly I'm not I'm not with the shits. And and now that I think about it, when I was on it ten years ago, post my divorce, um, or nine years ago, whatever, post my divorce, I had gained weight as well, and then had to get off it. And also, there's some terrible side effects, like you can't sleep sometimes, and sometimes you sleep too much, you know. But with me, I like to be functioning, so it's not enough that I, I just was able to get out of bed. And it's been a very difficult. Um, last three years for me, you know, because I've been in mourning, you know, I lost my grandmother, I lost my mother, you know, I lost, you know, my mother's brother who, you know, was one of her abusers. So it, it just, I mean, literally back to back to back to back, you know, we're coming up on the 15th, uh, ooh, 16th um, anniversary of my father's death. You know, he passed away, um, several years ago prior to that. So, and I talk about my father in the book, which is leading me into the fact that I will be on the MMDTS show tonight, which is the Married Men Don't Talk show. It's one of the only other shows that I listen to on Blog Talk Radio because I'm vain and because I just don't have time to just, you know, be like, oh, that looks like it's nice and just, you know what I'm saying? I try. And if you don't snatch me from the beginning, my attention is gone. So tonight I'll be on the show. And the reason I'll be on the show and I want you as my listeners to try to tune in is because... And I'm hoping that they play snippets of it. I've been reposting um, their show, Expectations, that I was on in the beginning of June. Um, it, was, it was very emotional. And I, and I want, especially black men, and especially people that know me, to hear me have that break. So for me to have that break on air, you guys don't understand what led up to that. You know, I mean, I was crying, sniveling. I called the one lady an old hoe. You know what I'm saying? It, it was bad. Like, it was, when you think of, when people say, oh, Denise is crazy, that's that's what you think of, is that situation right there. Except that wasn't hitting anybody, because I'm notorious for that, too, but I haven't hit a man or a woman in over four years. You know what I'm saying? Because I am abusive, which is why it's easier for me to identify abusive people, because I'm abusive, too. But if you read the book... Stay in your lane, a diary of a hot mess, available on Amazon and Kindle, or you go on my website, www.stayinyourlane123.com, you will see where you can purchase that and, you know, email me personally. So Tell the Truth Tuesday became something that I used to just post on Facebook, and I would go into it. And now that I'm working on another book, which is very important to me, um, it's very important to me literature-wise because I, I want to talk about things that we as black people don't talk about, that we as Hispanics don't talk about, that we as minorities don't talk about. We don't talk about other divinities. We don't talk about, you know, yeah, there's God and, and, and you may call him something else. We don't, we don't talk about the moon and, and its reference to the waters. We don't talk about nature as, as being part of, you know what I'm saying, a spiritual journey for us. So we don't talk about those things. So, and they're all relative. So I want to talk about those things because I feel like 
when I talk about divinity in other forms, and trust me, I believe in God, I believe in the Jesus, you know, whatever. I grew up in an extremely religious home. I'm talking about vacation, Bible school, the whole nine yards. I'm raising my son a little bit different because my son is very scientific, you know, and, and, and a lot of what I do is to make sure that my son is is able to identify what a queen looks like, is able to identify, you know, somebody that's going to be valuable to him, is able to identify, you know what, this person maybe isn't my friend, is able to identify in the long run how being smart is going to be better than being cool or having swag. You know, he's getting ready to go into junior high school, and he doesn't want to go to private school. He says, Mom, all my friends are going to public school. And I say, you don't have any goddamn friends. I'm your friend. Jesus is your friend, you know what I'm saying? Allah, whatever you want to call him, is your friend. And so, you know, we I make decisions based on the fact that my son is an only child. Now, he's an only child to me. He has a baby sister in Texas to his father who's remarried, and that was another trigger for the issue that happened on the Married Men Don't Talk show. The show is actually called Expectations. If you are on my Facebook um, page, I reposted it yesterday, and I specifically, because the show was like three hours long, I specifically posted where you could, ch- you know, listen to where I came in and everything was heartfelt. And what I am more disappointed about, because I I used to be very disappointed in black men. And then I realized that, okay, so we took fathers out of the home. And one of the uh, best depictions that I can that I can imagine right now, and especially I watched it with my son because we watch a lot of documentaries and a lot of, you know, my son is very skilled at, um, picking out literature and picking out film and cinema that he wants to watch that is intriguing to him. So, and I encourage that. You know, we always laugh at Will Smith's kids and, you know, things like that, and that's because we've never seen black children that didn't have to go and do what everybody else was doing. We've never seen black children that weren't born into wearing Michael Jordans. We've never seen black children that, you know what I'm saying, weren't, you know, born into, you know, the mom and the dad fighting all the time and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's about making sure that he's a well-rounded young man, you know, because I wouldn't want to send him out into the world to date one of your daughters or to marry one of your daughters, and I've coddled him too much, I've babied him too much, or he doesn't know how to earn his own keep. You know what I'm saying? Everybody falls upon hard times, but... My son was told very specifically this, if you want to go to public school, you know, we we were doing laundry and cleaning everything out. We donate bags of clothing all the time, all the time. The minute that I can't fit something, I don't even try. I'm just like, nope, that's it. You know, my son, we, you know, we keep up with his clothes. Most of his clothes when he was little, little came from the children's place. Now it's Air Postel. He loves that place, right? So, and I'm cheap, however, when I see something that I like or he likes, of course he gets it in every color, you know. So as I'm doing the laundry and cleaning out back rooms and closets, I realize this little boy got probably, I mean easily, 60 or 70, just, you know, those T-shirts that say, like, the gap on it or they'll say weird sayings like, this is your girlfriend's T-shirts. He has easily 60 or 70 of those T-shirts. And a lot of the money that we spent, you know, on his clothes, which my son is one of those kids that when it's, it's time to go back to school, he don't care. He's like, Ma, just wait. Wait till everything go on sale and then we'll just, I'll get more. You know, just like he doesn't care about Christmas. He knows that's not Jesus' birthday. <laughs> he knows that it's just a ritual in our family. We celebrate it as a ritual more or less than the birth of Jesus because we know that Jesus wasn't born in uh, December. We know that. Come on, y'all. So, 
you know, but it's a ritual. I'm a Christmas freak. My mother loved it. It's all about, you know, the decorating and the family and the cooking and the, and the coming together to share. So I told him, I said, if you're going to go to um, public school, you're going to design the website, which we do. We have a second website. I'm not ready to share that information yet. I did post some of it, um, some glimpses of it, at miss.d.scott. He'll probably have his own website in the next month or so um, or a page off my website. But I said, if you're going to go to junior high, you got to earn your keep. So he already earns royalties for his book, Journey, Journal of a Kid Waiting to be King, available on Amazon. Um, he's already been, you know, published when he was 10 years old. He's 12 now. He's going on to 13. He wants stuff. You know, he got a cell phone. You know what I'm saying? He, he wants a debit card now, you know, like because cash isn't good enough, you know, all these things. However... I don't want to say no because I feel like we in the black community and Latino community, we don't teach financial responsibility to our children. That's why we end up growing up and taking that first American Express that they give you when you're 18 years old and not realizing that American Express is not a, a uh, credit card. It's a charge card. It's not credit. Whatever you charge, you have to pay back in 30 days at the end of the month. So, um, And I don't do credit cards. You know, I, I have two debit cards, that's it, attached to bank accounts, that's it. So a lot of people say, oh, you know, what's what's the big deal on that? That means that everything that you see on my goddamn back is mine. Everything I own, you know, everything that you see is mine. Ain't no credit, ain't no rent-a-center, there's no, you know what I mean? None of that. We don't do payday loans, we don't do none of that. If I ain't got it, I just ain't got it. So in trying to teach him financial responsibility and to hone in on his talent, I told him, I said, well, since you like T-shirts so much, why don't you just design your own? So we're going to get you the press that you need. You're going to pick out your fonts and things like that that you like, and you're going to make your own T-shirts and long sleeve shirts and little. He doesn't really wear hoodies, but those like thin cotton ones, you're going to do that. You know why? Because you're at an impressionable age and because it's your brand that you've had since you were eight years old. Okay, so now it's time for you to get serious. You need to be the one setting trends. So if you want to go to, to junior high school, you're not going to wear anybody else's clothes on your back but yours. That's the rule. Now, of course, he has jeans, and he'll, you know, get his little sneakers. He likes Pumas and, you know, all that good stuff. But other than that, I'm not going to – I'm I'm actually going to end up spending more money um, giving him shirts to promote for his brand than we did at Air Postel because I would always catch him on sale and get, like, 20 of them. But it's just ridiculous. I'm sitting there, and I'm, it's just nonstop folding. So mentally – where I was at, back to, you know, because I want to explain to you how important my son is and what I'm trying to teach him. You know, he's already started his second book, which he said he wanted to do a series. So he did the series when he was in elementary. He's doing this one now that he's out of elementary going into junior high. I suspect he'll do another one after junior high and then one when he gets ready to go to college. For me, I wouldn't give a damn if three people bought the book. That's not true, but I wouldn't care if three people bought the book. He has a record of his feelings so that he understands that his feelings are valid. And with books, they're like babies. They come when they want to. You know, sometimes you can force them out, like what I'm about to have to do to mine because there's pain there. But for him, I want him to have a record of his greatness. I want him to have a record of, like, every Zero Fucks jersey, sweatshirt, T-shirt, I have every single one, every scully, every single one, I have them. They will go in my little closet of Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Because it just it shows evolution. And so when we started doing Tell the Truth Tuesday, it was because I just I got tired of the murder-suicides in our community. I got tired of 
women not knowing that if you get beat one time by your boyfriend, just one time, that right there starts a chain of events which leads to post-traumatic stress disorder, okay? If you were raped one time, and I'm not just talking women. You guys, if, if you've read my books or you listen to my show, you know that there is a large population of men that have been raped, that have been molested, you know, whether it's in a group home, whether it's in their own home, whether it's the mother's boyfriend, which is another reason that I'm very not so much protective of my child because my son ain't with the shits, but he ain't. He'll be like, excuse me, you know what I'm saying? My son don't even let, he let me and his dad come in the bathroom, that's it. He don't, we don't play that. This is a good touch. This is a bad touch. If you're uncomfortable, come tell me. If, if they tell you, hey, I'll kill your mom, you know that's not true. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So we have to have these conversations with our children. And so when we talk about mental health, you know, why is it that a black woman could be raped for three years and go on in life and think she's Okay. You think that you're okay to go date a man when really deep down you might really hate men, not because they're black or because whatever, but because that's who your, you know what I'm saying, that's who your attacker was, just like with men. You know, it's not that they may hate women. When I say that, guys get very offended because they're like, I ain't gay, I ain't gay. See, that's your, that's your, in your head. You probably are, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. The bottom line is you hate women because you didn't have a proper relationship with your mother or because somebody failed to protect you or because your abuser was a woman. Let's not get it twisted. That's not fucking cute for a dude to be 14 and his girlfriend 22. That's that's not cute. That's rape. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of men, because of the machismo, they don't believe that. They're like, no, no, you know, that's I was popping. No, you was getting raped, okay? <laughs> you know, all it takes is one motherfucking time, one time. One, listen, it's no different than if somebody went swimming, right, in a lake. And they, they or, no, no, went swimming in the ocean, right, wasn't out that far, got caught in the current. And almost drown. You think they're going to set their foot back in that motherfucking water? Probably not. And if they do, it's going to be for a long time. So yesterday I did a show called Why I'm Single. And it's the same thing. If I step my foot in the water and I almost drown on several occasions, and, and not necessarily due to my own choosing. You know, I dealt with men that perhaps were abused, but the only time, with the exception of one, that they were abusive was when I tried to leave. So these are things that, like I said, now I can identify being, you know, the age that I'm at, but you can't identify that when you're 21, when you're 22, because they're all so nice, you know, in the beginning when the representative is showing up on the dates. Let you try to leave a motherfucker. That's why I believe in, and I, I spoke about this yesterday on my show, having a conversation with somebody like, hey, we good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not seeing nobody. That's not what this is about. It's just that it's not you. You know what I'm saying? Whoever it is I want to be with, it's not you. And I need to take the time to focus on other energies that might be entering the cipher or other people that might want to part, have a partnership in the same way I do because clearly you don't. And I have to be clear like that because it, it seems that when I try to leave things unsaid, you know, and people just feel like, it, it, like I said, the kids call it ghosting, where you just, like, disappear on a motherfucker. Nah, my dudes, they don't do that. You don't disappear maybe 30 days. May, maybe 30 days. And then when they pop back up, it's fierce, it's, it's, it's with a vengeance, and they're not playing. 
You know what I mean? And they assume that just because I don't sleep around or I don't, you know, entertain penis often, uh, (laughs) hardly ever, um, that everything is okay. And then if I say no, it's a problem. It's It's like a blow to their ego. So when I say no, when I say, hey, we good, that's my way of saying, like, not that I'm letting you down easy, but mentally I'm not trying to hurt you either. And if you listen to the clip last night on my show, last night's show was called Why I'm Single, and there was a gentleman, it was actually on World Star Hip Hop, I saw it on Dwayne Pierre's uh, show. Shout out to Mike Mogul and them. They own um, the photo booths that you guys see at a lot of these parties. Mike Mogul is the owner of that. Dwayne works with him, so I met up with them in New York. Oh, God. Um Back in October, I believe it was, October, November, met up with them in New York, had the boat cruise. And, again, if you go on my page at miss.d.scott and you go back far enough, you'll see you'll see where I was up there at um, Angel of Harlem. We were, out, we were out on the big boat off the uh, seaport. I was with my uncle, his significant other, and so on and so forth. So you have a situation where, um, you know, you want to tell people, like, hey, you know, this is why I don't date, and they don't get it. And and I call it, and I talk about it in my book, saying your lane, I call it the code. So the gentleman last night was expressing himself saying, you know, this is why I'm single because women are dickheads. I get it. You know, he also was saying, you know, it takes a man a real long time. You know, they, y'all, they just love different. It takes them a minute. They'll, and he said it. He said, you know, they'll fuck a bunch of bitches. They will. But when they find one that they want to settle down with, and then they find out that she out there, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And we're not talking about the selfish cats that be trying to claim everybody and whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm talking about dudes that have sat down, wiped the chick up, and then found out that she was no good, right? Y'all got to start choosing better as well. And my my number one rule is you got to treat them like you meet them. So this gentleman last night on my show, and if you listen to him, and I, I could play it again if you like, because it's just you could just hear how tight he was <laughs> in his voice. You know, there's just certain shit that you shouldn't do. He said no man should be able to be in your diameter if you're somebody's girlfriend, if you're somebody's wife. And I agree with that. And I think that a lot of women, and I've told you all this before, you think you could do what men do. You cannot. But I also like the fact that this gentleman was like, if I'm with somebody and a girl's all up on me like, oh, hey, he like, nah, get the fuck back. That's exact. Those are the types of dudes I'm used to dealing with. And what you men don't understand is the more that you become unavailable to random motherfuckers, the more that they're going to want you. And it's your job to make sure that you're shutting all that shit down, just like you would expect your woman to do. So if I don't feel that that's going to be reciprocated, I, why bother? If I don't feel like you just obsessed with me the way I'm obsessed with you, I don't want it. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's not going to match. That means that you don't know the code. And these are unspeakable things. Nobody ever has to come to me and have a conversation and be like, yo, I don't really, you know, I don't like dude all up in your face like that. You know who I am. You know what I do. You know that sometimes I meet people or they'll they'll recognize from the Internet or they'll say, oh, yeah, you're the one that did the, you know, shout out to Heavy Magazine for reposting um, the thing I, the, 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 quote and comment that I did on the Alicia Evans situation, uh, the black woman that was standing in front of the police in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She's from uh, New York, has a five-year-old son. She said she did it for her son, and I get it. She could have been killed, Sandra Bland style. So the reason that I'm so excited about this show being two years old is because when we first started the show, when Saladin and I sat down and talked about the show, he warned me. He said, listen, because originally I wanted to do a magazine. I wanted to do an online magazine. Thank God I did 
because <laughs> I'm of the old school where I like to touch the pages, I like to touch a book. So, But an online magazine was an information source. I'm glad that I skipped the whole step of being blogger, you know, because now I'm responsible. I have to have an opinion about everything. I don't want to have an opinion. I just want to speak my thoughts. It's different. You know what I mean? I don't want to blog about my opinion. I could be wrong. You might not agree with me. Now I have to argue with you and shut you down, and it's just it's too much. And also, by doing Tell the Truth Tuesday, I've learned the art of blocking motherfuckers, and I'm going to tell you why. Originally, I never used to block people because I used to relish in the fact that I know that you're watching me and I know I'm hurting your feelings. Everything I do, especially if you were a former friend or a former lover or a former boyfriend or whatever, everything I do is going to hurt your fucking feelings because my goal is just to be better than what the fuck I was yesterday, the week before that, and, and I've, I've not got stagnant. It may seem as if I've gotten stagnant just because I'm not posting as much, but that's because as I grow and mature, especially in business, it's not necessary for me to tell you every fucking move. It's not. And I used to be so excited you know, to, to just come out with information like, oh, my God, I'm getting ready to come. And now just by watching other people and how they move, there's there's grace and terror and just dropping some shit like, boom. You know, like my boy Saladin, he just dropped the book Eyes Wide Shut. Now, I knew he was working on it. I just didn't know he was going to drop it that day. Then the next day he busts out and he's like, yeah, I got a Pandora station too because he also writes music, records music. He has a whole recording studio in his home. So, I mean, these are the types of people that I'm around. You know, my sister, one day I'm on the Internet. I talk to this, this motherfucker damn near every other day. I go on the Internet. I find out her and my other sister, Michelle, they on a plane on the way to Dubai. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Those are those are my two best friends. Those are the people that I surround myself with. You know what I'm saying? My son just had to redo my one sheet because I had to send it over to the MMDTS show. You know, and the one sheet is basically where it's a picture of you and, you know, all your information, whatever, whatever. I don't know how to do none of that shit. My son know how to hack computers, make fake stuff, all type of stuff that could get him arrested with the FBI. So we, you know, we just keep that channeled into just online video games. But I always try to keep myself around people that are doing, I'm going to say it, that are doing better than me or doing more than me so that I can learn what it is that I'm, that, that I need to be doing. And so it's funny because when Saladin and I first started, you know, the show, he says, you better make sure that you have content for every single day. The day that my show aired, the very first show, Robin Williams killed himself. And to me, and I, listen, if y'all don't know nothing else about me, I loved Robin Williams in the movie What Dreams May Come. I, again, this is this, this shit is so crazy because it's if you read Stay in Your Lane, I can't make this shit up. You can look at the copyright date on the book. A lot of the stuff that has happened in the U.S. or that has happened to people, I already spoke about this shit. A lot of these catchphrases that people are hearing and things like that, that's why I stopped saying certain things like always hungry, never thirsty. Somebody stole that shit literally within 24 hours after I said the shit and put it on a T-shirt. But that's my fault. Just like Drake didn't get that money for YOLO. There's a, a goddamn, matter of fact, we were just in Vegas. There's a YOLO uh, bar. He never copyrighted. But that, you know, you live and you learn. So now I have to be careful what I say because I don't want, you know, that's my intellectual property. I don't want somebody to steal and put it on a shirt. Now I got to see you, but that's what attorneys are for. So I kind of keep my mouth shut and just drop bombs now as opposed to warning you when the missile's coming. I think that it's much more effective when I just drop shit. 
you know, like, oh, damn, you know, I, I, I'm not. A lot of people these days, to tell you the truth on this Tuesday, are more concerned with the cover of the book, how they look on the cover, or what's on the cover, or who shot the cover, than the content of the book. And that's the fucking problem. You know, and and it was great to meet people. And I just met a gentleman not that long ago that was like, "Do you write brochures or do you?" I said, "No, I write real fucking books, two hundred pages and over." And that's a common joke amongst writers because you'll see somebody put out a book that's less than a hundred pages. We like, motherfucker, this is a what is this <laughs> an essay? And then they got you know they got the the, the words double spaced and like, come on, man. That means that if you wrote it in regular font. Now, not, no double spacing that your book would be like 18 pages. Don't do that. My son didn't even do that. You know what I'm saying? And he was eight when he wrote the book uh, and 10 when it came out, I believe, because he wrote the book for a series of a year. So Tell the Truth Tuesday became this big thing where I started seeing people hashtagging it and started seeing people, you know, being able to come out and express themselves. And not that you should just only tell the truth one day a week, but just it feels good to just get it off your chest. You know, I'm I'm not big into politics, things like that, but I did have to address some things because I have people, young ladies especially, that are looking at me like, okay, well, what's her? Well, who's she going to vote for? What's she? That's private. However, what I can tell you is, when I had the situation where I had to tell the white people, like, you a nigga to Trump too. If you're not in the top 10% of earners in the United States, if you ain't on the Forbes list, he hates you too. So, you know, what are you going to do? Put him in office and then and then feel some type of way? You understand what I'm saying? Same thing with Hillary. Okay, so so she lied about some shit. You ain't never lied about some shit? So you want her to be superhuman. So it's just like everyone's racism and chauvinism is coming out during this election, and it's ugly. You know, and then now, you know, you have the Black Lives Matter, and then we just, this, this was funny. We had an all, what was it called, White Lives Matter in Buffalo, <clears throat> in North Buffalo, I think, somewhere. But um, there were fights amongst themselves. And the bottom line is, again, there shouldn't be a White Lives Matter because that's clearly evident. The reason, and, and, and I said this on my Facebook page, I don't say Black Lives Matter. I don't hashtag it because I shouldn't have to fucking tell you that. I really shouldn't. I shouldn't have to tell you that, you know, it's not okay for police officers to kill people. And trust me, I have family and friends in the law enforcement you know, I had to deal with law enforcement last week when my sister was stabbed. That's the truth. And I'm trying very hard not to talk about that. She's 23 years old, but she was stabbed by a grown man in his 40s. Okay? This is the conversation that I have with my sister about the company that you keep. How come nobody else got stabbed? How come nobody else's brothers and sisters and everybody else is calling folk to, uh, you know, to action? Rule number one, you can't go around putting your hands on people's kids. Now, let me be clear. If somebody came, and I have said this very publicly before, if somebody came for my son like that, hey, I can't promise what I would or wouldn't do. But I do know that I wouldn't need help from nobody to handle a situation like that, especially when it comes to children. You know, so that's a situation I'm not going to speak on anymore because I'm sure that there's some criminal you know, charges and things that are going on with that, and and as they should be. Um, But I just wanted to take this moment to say thank you guys so much for just – at first I didn't think that you guys were going to be receptive of a program that started out with me talking about mental health because people – 
And another thing, people don't associate mental health with drug addiction. Hello? (laughs) They're almost like best friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, there has to be something wrong with you if you need a pill just to get up during the day. And if you ever watch the show Intervention, it's very difficult for me to watch because I'm very, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an empath, but so I feel everything. I see everything, so I have to control what I watch and what I read. So when I want to be in a dark mood, I watch fucking Intervention, and every time it never fails. There was always something that happened. Nobody woke up, and, and contrary to popular belief, nobody woke up, went to a party, smoked crack one time, and said, hey, this is the shit. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's not how it happened. Something was broken. You went to a party. And then, I, you know, I used to always say to people, like, who the fuck is the guy at the party that just says, hey, here's some crack. Would you like to try it? Like, what? what again, control the people that you're around, because crack is just not something that would come out at any party I've, I've ever been at. Okay, and so I didn't think that people were going to be receptive of a show where I was calling out demons, basically addiction, alcoholism, all those things. And when you watch intervention, if you watch anything to do with the occult, anything to do with exorcism, anything like that, you can see the demon. You can. And, 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 you know, I'm not being funny. I'm not being philosophical. You literally can see the motherfucking demon that has a hold on this person. And 100% of the time it comes from abuse. It comes from some sort of sexual abuse. It comes from not valuing themselves. And it's always something. And sometimes it's minute. Like there was one girl, she was drinking, I think this bitch was drinking, like two cases of beer a day so bad that if she didn't drink, her body would go into shock. Because what you don't understand is certain drugs, your body has to create other cells, which is where the addiction comes from, especially heroin, and you could actually die trying to kick the habit, which is where methadone clinics and things like that come in um, so that you don't have to go cold turkey off meth. Coke, you know, and uh, crack, a little bit different. But when you watch these shows, Intervention, all it was was that her mom was married, um, to her dad for like 17 years. She didn't take her host role, which is what I talk about in my book, had all these kids, met some guy, fucking ran off with him, and left the daughter with the father. Again, I tell you women all the time, it's not just raising our sons either. It's raising your daughter. So your daughters are now the new generation of little fops, right? So you can't blame the child. You have to look and say, where's your fuck? The first thing I say is, where's your fucking mother? Like, seriously, and I know that I can't control if my son chooses to grow up, tattoo the side of his head, fucking get a mohawk. I'm not talking about appearance shit. I'm talking about just the character of of these kids these days, especially our young ladies. You know what I mean? They don't know. I get more young ladies in my inbox, and and I want to ask them, where's your mother? Ask your mother what T-length means. Ask your mother what, what mules are. Ask your mother what undergarments you should be wearing when you're wearing a white dress. Ask your mother how to clean, you know, your your bras and your under. Like, these are just things that, um, and they upset me because I had a mother. So if I, listen, she, she, my mother was fucking crazy. She was, but she was there. She was there. And everything she did was to make sure that me and my brothers didn't end up like her and my dad. And I think that that's one of the greatest gifts is that, okay, well, and, and we were watching, uh, my son and I were attempting to watch the JFK documentary yesterday on Spike, and it was like, it's like, you know, this kid had no choice. 
you know, and my son actually said that in a speech that he did up at uh, the public library when they were talking about uh, movers and shakers and youth in the in the city that were doing good things. And he said, you know, well, my mom is great and my dad is great, so I really don't have a choice. He just needs to pick what he wants to do. But it's disheartening to watch someone go their whole life and turn to drugs because your mother didn't love you or turn to abusing women because your mother didn't love you or turn to smoking crack because your father didn't love you or turn to any method of self-mutilation and self-medication is what we call it um, because somebody didn't love you. You know, and so that's why I've been trying lately not to be so fucking hateful because I now it's now that I'm clear and I'm coming out of my own depression, it's way easier for me to see. And my depression came from mourning, not because you know somebody did something. You know, I get over that shit real quick. Death to you. You know, if he dies, he dies. That's how I think. But when it comes to death, that's something I really can't control. I, I can't say, well, if I would have done this, no, no, no. I did everything I was supposed to do. And people die, you know. And it affects me because there's a lot of unanswered questions that went on with my mother. And so for as much as I knew my mother, I mean, I, you know, that's my mother. I'm the firstborn. And uh, for as much as I knew about her, there were so many things that I didn't know about her. But I defend her to, to the day I die. You know, and the Sherry Foundation was started, which, you know, we're working on the 5013C about that. And I have some other good news that's coming our way. But um, I wanted to start a nonprofit for my mom because I just don't think that she understood how powerful she was. You know, so that's why, you know, when when you guys call me a feminist, I'm not a fucking feminist. Really, I'm a traditionalist. I believe in old school ways because that's what I watch my mother do. Um, but... I'm also into the old school when it comes to men as well, and so there's just certain shit that I'm not going to do. I don't chase no man. I'll chase a check. I'll chase some money, but I won't chase no man. So if you don't call me, I'm not going to call you. That's just not something I give a fuck about. You know, if you don't want to text me, I'm not going to text you. That's just not something I give a fuck about. I can't come to your house, you can't come to mine. That's just not something that I give a fuck about. I really don't. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It doesn't, none of that shit, because I don't care. And so I think that um, there's error, and I'm sure that there's flaw in the way that I think, but it's just, it's very black and white for me because that's how I was raised. And so I don't ever look back and wish that I was raised any different because all my mother ever tried to do was raise me to be better than what she was. And so I'm hoping that, you know, when she looks down and she says, you know, we're up, you never know, you know, when she looks at me and she says, you know what, my daughter, she's doing a damn thing. You know, my mother, she treated me like I was like her little Barbie doll. She would always look at me and say, oh, your shape is just, but I'm taller, I'm much taller than my mother. My mother was only four foot eleven, I'm five foot six. And um it's just, you know, I do everything for her and I do everything for my son and I do everything for my family because there's nobody left. I don't have parents anymore. And so I just wanna really, really thank you guys, you know, all my loves that I call you for um rocking with me for the next two years. Hopefully we got twenty more and I'm just so humbled by the fact that I'm able to start this movement and get people just talking about mental health in our communities, and I definitely want to say thank you so much to you guys.
and I will be talking to you tonight on the Married Men Don't Talk show. Make sure you guys tune in. I'll be posting it on, on my Instagram. Thank you so much. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, D. Scott. So a lot of times, you know, people ask me, especially after having written, you know, seeing